Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Sing 
Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show, where I welcome Dr. Christine Murray. And Christine works at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. She has served as the director of the Center for Youth, Family, and Community Partnerships and is also a professor in the UNCG Department of Counseling and Educational Development. She currently directs the Healthy Relationships Initiative and is the co-founder of the See the Triumph campaign and recently launched a new resource for survivors of abuse and the community supports around them. And today, Christine and I talk about what it means to be in a healthy relationship what exactly is a healthy relationship and what is an abusive relationship and everything in between. Christine talks about the spectrum of relationships. And I really enjoyed this conversation. I think it's really important to understand and listen to these kind of conversations because a lot of times if you're in a toxic or unhealthy relationship, you don't know it or you've just grown to accept it or because of attachment wounds, you just stay even though you know it's not good for you. So I think this conversation is is so valuable maybe for for you listening or maybe you have a friend or family member who needs to hear it to, to help them realize that they're really in a situation that is not good for them. And, you know, we're all doing the best we can and relationships are complicated. It's really the most important thing in our life is our romantic relationship, a relationship with friends and family. And this conversation with Christine applies to all of those. And if we are in relationships that are not serving us, we need to have an objective look at that. And a lot of times that's hard. So I think the work that Christine is doing in in conversations like this can help people kind of go, oh, you know what? Maybe I need to take a harder look at this and, and figure out the steps I need to take to either address these issues or exit the relationship or in everything in between. So uh, Christine gives all the tools and tips to, to be able to do that. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you are having a beautiful start to your 2024. It's a beautiful year. For some reason, I, I'm really attracted to even numbers. I don't know if any of you listeners, I've had uh, a friend tell me that's a bit odd. <laughs> no no pun intended, but uh, I, I do like even numbers. They feel good. They feel more whole to me. So 2024, nice even year for us. This is a good way to start it, tuning in to the Relationship Advice podcast. So thank you guys. Have a beautiful rest of your day, evening, night, and enjoy the show. Hi, Christine. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks for this opportunity, Chase. I've listened to your podcast and really appreciate the thoughtful conversations that you have. So I've been looking forward to talking with you today. Well, thank you. And today's conversation is an important one and one I'm excited to have with you. And we're going to talk about domestic abuse and and verbal abuse and physical abuse in a relationship and what it means to be in a healthy relationship. So I think a good place for us to start would be having you share with our listeners what a healthy relationship looks like. And you mentioned in the pre-show that you actually talk about a continuum of relationships. So maybe you could walk us through that and then we'll go from there. 
Sure, that's a great starting question. So um, for many years, my main focus was on abusive relationships, but back in uh, 2017, or sorry, it was 2015 and the initiative launched in 2017, uh, we began partnering with a local family foundation here in Greensboro, North Carolina, the Phillips Foundation, to develop a more upstream preventive initiative called the Healthy Relationships Initiative. Um, you can find it online at, ha- at healthyrelationshipsinitiative.org. Um, but through that initiative, we have worked to what we call promote happy, healthy, safe relationships of all kinds. And in fact, part of the two-year planning process that went into planning for the Healthy Relationships Initiative before we launched it in 2017 was working with a group of community stakeholders and different experts to identify a kind of universal definition of healthy relationships. Um, Chase, especially since you talk a lot about relationships, I'm sure if I asked you to describe a healthy relationship, you'd probably have one way to describe that. That may or may not have some similarities with what I would think. And then, of course, everybody has sort of an idea in their mind of what that looks like. But one of the things that surprised me was just how complicated it was trying to come up with a definition of healthy relationships that could potentially universally apply. So through the Healthy Relationships Initiative, we are really talking about all kinds of relationships. So we're talking about couple, romantic relationships, families, friends, workplaces, um, friendships, even relationships with your neighbors or, you know, that random person that you see out in the community um, in, in different settings, like the grocery store, or the coffee shop. So, and then the other challenging part of it in terms of thinking of defining healthy relationships in a way that could resonate with everybody is that, of course, um, I think one of the big factors that comes into some of the differences between how my, how you and I and many other people might define healthy relationships is cultural differences or community differences and people's different backgrounds and values are going to come into that. So we worked for a long time with a group of uh, community partners and experts to develop our definition. And as you mentioned, that is what we've called the happy, healthy, safe continuum for relationships. So um, if you go to our website and just click on the about us, you can kind of get a visual, but it's basically um, we use sort of a pyramid to visualize this happy, healthy, safe continuum. And so safety is the foundation. It's at the bottom. And then healthy is the next level. And then happy is sort of the top level. And so when we think about healthy relationships, I think, in my opinion, it's better to think about it as more of a spectrum or sort of a continuum versus healthy as yes or no. Um, and in truth, people can have different levels of relationship quality in different areas of their lives. And even the same relationship can go through different phases. So you might be in a relationship that starts out healthy, that then seems very happy. But then maybe there's some things that come up that make the relationship to not be safe. Um, and I think the other reason why we found this continuum to be v- very helpful is because the same person could have relationships at different levels of quality um, in different areas of their lives. So you could have a very happy couple romantic relationship. Um, you could have a healthy relationship with your family, your extended family, but maybe at work, you're in a toxic work environment. So it's just a quick kind of um, checklist almost, or a quick kind of snapshot way to think about the quality of your relationships. I know I've personally found it helpful to evaluate maybe some of the distress that I've had in different relationships. So 
I'll briefly go through some of the definitions of each of those levels, happy, healthy, and safe. And then I'm going to pause because you'll probably have some questions and I'd love to get your thoughts on it as well. Um, So as I mentioned at the bottom level or sort of the foundational level is safe relationships. And so safe relationships mean that the relationship has to be free from abuse, from neglect, any other ways that a person's physical, emotional, uh, mental well-being is at risk. So we need to have safety in our relationships to be able to even consider the potential of having a healthy relationship. Then when we do move up to that level of healthy relationships, that's where we have common sort of university, universally recognized aspects of a healthy relationship in general. So things like be, being respectful, having trust, um, the people are accepting of each other. Here's where we have um, healthy relationship skills like positive communication, conflict management. And now one of the things too that I'll add about healthy relationships is that it is okay to have those differences. And so an example that might help would be that there are some people who maybe based on religious values would view a healthy relationship as having more traditional gender norms, whereas other people might view a healthy, intimate relationship as being more egalitarian. Um, So as long as there are those other elements there, Um, there's some freedom for people to kind of put their own unique spin and some of their values into that um, relationship definition. Now, I'll also add that we always sort of have to contextualize that healthy does not mean perfect. And so sometimes we'll ask people, well, how healthy is your relationship? Or can you think of people in your life that have a healthy relationship? And, And a lot of times people struggle with that because relationships are hard and complicated and conflict's a natural part of relationships. So we like to say healthy relationships are not perfect, that um, there's room for conflict. And in fact, in healthy relationships, people do experience conflict, but it's an opportunity for growth. Um, And then just briefly moving to the top of the continuum, the happy relationships. This is really, you can think about this as sort of the peak or optimal functioning in a relationship. So this is where You have relationships in your life where you derive a lot of meaning from them, where you feel a sense of belonging, that you feel truly cared for, very joy-filled. Maybe there's a lot of happiness and play in those relationships. And I think the happy level of the continuum is what we all strive for. It can be difficult to sustain. I can't think of anybody that's, you know, anybody in any kind of relationship that might be in that happy peak relationship functioning all the time, um, because the real world is complicated and relationships are complicated. But I think that we are all kind of striving for this in different areas of our lives. Thank you, Christine, for that that overview. It's really valuable. And, and I want to go through this continuum. And Let's start with safety. And you mentioned abuse. And to me, physical abuse is very, I want to say very, but I may be making some wrong assumptions, but it's easy to define. You know, that's physical touch. But verbal and psychological abuse to me, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, are a little bit harder and and people may not recognize them. So can you talk specifically about those kinds of abuse and how to to recognize if that's occurring in your relationship? And then we'll we'll talk about dealing with it. Sure. Great question. So yes, so there are many different forms of abuse that can happen in relationships. And again, here we sort of have relationships of all kinds. 
Much of my focus, as I mentioned earlier, has been on domestic violence and abuse that happens in intimate romantic relationships. But of course, you can have abuse in families and parenting relationships, elder abuse, even again, you could have an abusive situation in the workplace too. So, but you're right. I think that physical violence is what often comes to mind most often when people think about an abusive relationship or the term domestic violence. But as you mentioned, there are many different other forms of abuse that could happen. So like you said, there's emotional abuse, verbal abuse. We could also talk about things like financial abuse. There's educational and um, career-related abuse that can happen. Um, So there's lots of different layers to it. And I think that the best way to break down a kind of common definition of domestic violence is to sort of take a step back from the specific tactics that an abuser is using, whether that's physical violence, um, verbal attacks, emotional manipulation. If we can take a step back from the exact behaviors that the abuser is using, we can look at the power and control dynamics that underlie abusive relationships. So sort of across the different types or categories of abusive behaviors or abusive strategies, an abusive relationship at its core is about power and control. And so this means that the person that is perpetrating the abuse is using whatever those tactics are, whether it's physical violence or aggression or verbal attacks, they're using those tactics to either gain or maintain power and control over whether it's their partner, their coworker, um, their child, their elderly parent. So we have to really look at those dynamics of the power and control. And so I think that that does lead really well into the second part of your question around how can we recognize an abusive relationship, whether it's one that we are in ourselves or potentially starting to wonder if there's some red flags Or um, a lot of times people, because they know that I do this work, will come to me and they'll say, you know, I'm I'm a friend of mine or my daughter, my sister, my coworker, a student, you know, there's sort of all different variations of it. Um, And they're concerned about the safety of the relationship. And I think that what's most helpful is to really look at, okay, is there an ongoing pattern of power and control um, that's happening in that relationship? Because again, all relationships are going to have challenges. All relationships will have conflicts. Truth is, we all are going to say things and do things, you know, potentially at a given time that are hurtful. Um, And if you look at a a specific behavior in context, it's hard to look at one specific behavior. Unless, like you mentioned, obviously, if somebody is physically violent towards somebody else, that's pretty clear cut. But what we do need to look at is really that pattern. Is there a pattern of one person trying to dominate or have control over the other person? So on the flip side, in a healthy relationship, people should feel safe. They should feel free um, to express themselves. Of course, they should always be considerate of another person's feelings. Um, So, you know, it doesn't mean just, you know, you should feel free to speak your mind and say anything's on your mind, whether it's like a healthy, uh, positive comment or not. But if you have a concern, you should be able to bring that to the other person um, and express that and not feel unsafe to do so. 
I think that's a, a good sort of litmus test for, for someone listening is not necessarily, like you said, having to define the type of abuse or obviously that can be important to dive into, but to ask yourself, how do I feel if I bring up an issue with my partner? Am I scared of their reaction? And it doesn't have to be physically. And we don't have to get stuck on, is it abuse? Is it not? Because this is a relationship advice podcast and, and we can just talk in generalities too. Like if your partner always has a snarky comment or they, they shoot you down when, when you bring something up, it may not necessarily be abuse, but it's not healthy. It's not good for, for you individually. It's not a healthy relationship. What we want to work towards in, in that continuum, what we were talking about and certainly not a happy relationship. So. What would you tell someone, you know, rather than us going to the extreme of physical violence, obviously we want to help those people listening. Uh, but let's say someone's listening and, and they're like, yeah, you know, I I've, I am a bit afraid to bring things up with my partner because they kind of shoot it down or they're sarcastic or they're mean about it. How can they address that with their partner? And what are some steps to healing and, and working towards a happier, healthy relationship? Well, I love that you asked this question because I think that, again, this is where we can look at this happy, healthy, safe sort of continuum. It sounds really, really simple at the surface, but when you're actually trying to figure out a relationship in your own life that something doesn't feel quite right, it is really challenging because like you said, a lot of times it's somewhere when something doesn't feel right, it may not be abuse. It could be a sign of a potential abuse, but maybe the abuse hasn't kind of shown up yet. Um, but I think people really should listen to that feeling. And even kind of that's where since we developed this happy, healthy, safe continuum, I can't tell you how often I use it um, in my own personal life when I'm kind of trying to figure out a challenge and a relationship in my life. And I, I will tell you, I have kind of thought about all different kinds of relationships with this, like workplace relationships, friendships, family, romantic. And so, you know, kind of think about, okay, where are we here? And just because something isn't abusive, as you're saying, doesn't necessarily mean that it's like a, a healthy, positive relationship to stay in, you know, but sometimes that's difficult to discern. So a few specific um, maybe strategies or, or um, tips, I guess, that people could keep in mind. Um, so first of all, it is really important to take things slowly in evaluating any relationship. One of the things that I say a lot when I'm doing education about violence and abuse is that oftentimes healthy and abusive relationships actually look the same in the beginning. So in general, you know, you aren't going to have somebody that's going to go on a first date. And I'm, I'm going to talk specifically a little bit about couple relationships, but I think this could apply to other contexts like a friendship or um, say a workplace that is, you know, sort of behind the scenes, abusive or toxic. But of course, they're not going to show you that in the job interview or probably on your first um, day on the job. But let's talk kind of for, as an example for couples. So generally speaking, you go on the first date and almost never can I imagine that an abuser is going to hit their partner on the first date or be extremely, you know, um, insulting or critical. And if they if they did do that, most likely, you know, 
most all of us probably if somebody that blatantly in the very beginning was um showed that open sign of abuse probably we would all run you know but what happens is abusers um present as nice partners often in the beginning and so and in fact sometimes you probably heard the term through some of your conversations and it's become much more widely talked about in just general media but the term of love bombing and so this is almost those over the top gestures you know you go on the date and there's flowers and it's a you know just compliments and constant texting sending things you know just a real excessive almost show of affection but in truth you know maybe to some degree in a healthy relationship that can happen too so that's why i think moving slowly when you're getting to know somebody is so important getting to know somebody or some relational context like i said at work um because people in general are going to put on their best front early on and so it takes time before and seeing somebody across a lot of different situations before you start to see that now the challenge is that if a relationship does become abusive or the signs of abuse might start to show up a lot of times by that point feelings have developed and that's where it becomes really really complicated so i have a few a few other thoughts but i thought i'd stop there is there anything else on that piece in terms of kind of moving slowly and just this idea that healthy and abusive relationships often look very much the same on the first encounter before we continue on we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors when you work full time have kids and run a podcast it's hard to make time for a multiple step skincare protocol that's why i'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor one skin their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best let me repeat it they make it easy no complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. 
Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Yeah, that makes sense. And of course, everyone is showing their best selves in the beginning. Let's zero in on the early warning signs of, you know, someone who may be abusive and that way we can recognize them and and then what steps to take because like you said it it does get complicated when there's feelings involved and you, you want to go oh well maybe they didn't really mean to do that or maybe that's just when they're angry and that's not their best self and talk about kind of what goes on when those things do start to show themselves and what kind of policy that we should have. I know every situation is different, but to me, obviously, if there's physical violence and the first time that happens, it's like, that's just unacceptable. And and can you or should you even talk to that partner and, and be like, hey, how can we work through this? Or is it like, hey, I'm out of here. I know that's an extreme and, and there's Every situation is different, but how do you tell people to navigate that, those first signs of abuse? Well, and I will say one of the things, I'll kind of go back to that, those first signs. But since you mentioned you could have a policy, a personal sort of policy or commitment to yourself to say, I will not tolerate physical abuse in my relationships. You'd be surprised how many survivors, not all of them, but of course, or probably not even, I would say a vast majority, but, but in the research that I've done with different collaborators over the years, we've done a, a whole a social media campaign around it called the See the Triumph campaign, where we've interviewed and surveyed many, many survivors of past abuse. And through those experiences that You'd be surprised how many people say that the physical violence didn't happen until after, say, they were married or some really deep commitment was made. So even having sort of a policy like that can be really complicated because what if you are married or you do have a child? You know, that can really complicate things. So I do think, again, kind of going back to the signs, that's why it's really important to look for those signs. Um, and a relationship may never turn to be physically abuses, like you mentioned earlier, and that doesn't mean that it's not abusive. So it could be the, it could be emotionally abusive, verbally abusive, and maybe it never turns into a physically abusive relationship. On the other hand, um, I do think that a relationship that is physically violent almost all the time would start with uh, emotional abuse. 
So it is really important to be alert for those signs. So some of the things very concretely um, that I would suggest people be on the lookout for um, would be uh, isolation is a big one. So if the person seems to be trying to keep you away from your friends and family members, or maybe kind of turning them, turning you against them, like, oh, I can't believe your, you know, your friends said that to you, or they don't like your friends, or they feel disrespected by your friends, which all of these things could happen. But um, again, if you're seeing like a real pattern of isolation, um, or you notice that yourself are kind of pulling back from the relationship, and you know, that that can happen in healthy relationships, too, where you have a have a new relationship, you get excited about it and you pull away from other relationships. Um, But I think if you see, especially that a partner is either intentionally trying to isolate you or is kind of fostering that isolation um, by kind of allowing you to get really swept up in the relationship and pull away from other friends, I think that that is something to be on the lookout for. I think another big one would be, does somebody take accountability? Um, if they have done something hurtful. So if you do present a concern to them and say, hey, this thing hurt my feelings, or I was upset that you said you were going to call me at such and such a time, but you didn't call, do they not only like kind of deny it, but do they almost like blame you? Or this is where you could even see like the gaslighting almost come in. And gaslighting is basically where somebody kind of tries to convince you that you're crazy or that you're not thinking straight about the situation. So they might've told you, I will call you at six o'clock um, or I'll call you sometime tomorrow evening. And then they don't do it. Um, and you know that they said it, but then when you ask them about it, you say, well, it hurt my feelings that I thought you were calling me, but you didn't. Um, they turn, they might turn around and say, I never said that. You know, So it's like kind of, they're not maybe acknowledging the reality of the situation and accepting their responsibility. They could, they could say, I'm sorry, I'm sure that was hurtful and I'm going to work on following through more when I make those commitments. So looking for the accountability is, is really a huge one. Um, I think the sincerity of words and actions matching is another big one because it's relatively easy to say, I'm so sorry I did that. But if somebody does something hurtful, says that they're sorry, and then they turn around and continue to do it, or they're not really making the effort to address the thing that was hurtful, that would be something else that would be concerning. One of the resources we developed a while back through the See the Triumph campaign, I don't have ready access to the link right now, but I could share that with you at some point if that would be helpful. But I think it's a visual image that is helpful to keep in mind is kind of not just red flags, but it was, it was sort of a stoplight, you know, red flags, yellow, red light, yellow light, green light. And so some of those really serious things like putting you down, calling you names, isolating you, cutting you off from your friends and family, that's pretty big red, red light, you know, that, that you may not cut the relationship off at that moment, but you should definitely be really cautious because those are pretty significant concerns or underlying dynamics of an abusive relationship. Say there's yellow light um, as well. You know that's where it's kind of like on the fence. Maybe it doesn't sit quite right. Um, it's not totally clear that this person was out to hurt you, but it just didn't sit right. And I think we need to pay attention to those and address those and look at how does the other person respond when you bring that up. 
And then of course, there's the green lights too. And that's where we're really looking for those signs of a healthy relationship. And is someone showing you respect? Is they, are they showing you um, trustworthiness? Do they call when they say they will? Um, if they if they make a mistake or they do or say something that's potentially hurtful, um, to me, a, a green light would be they acknowledge it themselves. You know, maybe they say something and then as soon as they say it, they're like, oh gosh, that was, that was hurtful. I'm really sorry. I wish I hadn't said it that way. Well, to me, that's a bit of a green light because people, and I might, I might still be concerned depending on what they, what that person said. Um, but I think we need to be looking for those, those signs, especially early on, because it does take time to get to know somebody and to really assess a situation. And so I think in terms of steps to take too, having ongoing reflection um, of a relationship. And so if you're having ongoing uh, reflection about the about that relationship and sort of um, looking at these signs, you know, kind of checking in with yourself and those relationships and kind of it, after you encounter a situation with your, whether it's your partner or somebody in the workplace, and if you have that feeling in your gut to take some time to reflect on it. Um, I do think it's helpful. I remember one time, I wish I could remember who the person was. It was at a presentation I did probably almost 10 years ago, a training on domestic violence. And there was a, a guy who spoke up later in the day. And he said, he thinks that if you're dating, you should have a committee of people that you know and trust and will be honest. And I think I love that idea. Um, I thought it was such a practical and creative idea. A little silly, I guess maybe I'm a I've been a, in academia for a long time. So of course, you know, professors love committees. So I don't know if that's why that idea resonated so much with me. But when you're getting to know somebody in a relationship, and, and I would say the same could be true. Like if you just got a new job and you're excited about it, you're going to want to look for the best of it. So your feelings or your sort of hopes for that relationship are probably going to cloud your opinion a little bit. So having people in your life that you have specifically said, I want you to be honest with me. And um, I'll give a concrete example and then I'll I'll pause because I know I can talk a lot about these kind of things. But um, I, I'm public about the fact that I have I have been in an abusive relationship before. I'm a survivor of a past abusive relationship. And I will tell you when that relationship ended, I was really embarrassed, I guess, to kind of tell people for different reasons. But I can't tell you how many people said, I never liked that person anyway. And I thought, boy, I wish you would have told me this, you know, earlier, but I think they didn't think I would listen or something. Um, and so, you know, I think it is people who are kind of, they care about you, but they are a little bit more objective about the situation can really help you to make those um, decisions. And it could be personal, whether it's a committee, I mean, that's kind of just, I think it's sort of a clever way to think about it. Um, but it also could be, obviously, I'm a, I'm a mental health professional, a, a licensed clinical mental health counselor and licensed marriage and family therapist. I think counseling is invaluable. So trained professionals, um, but also, especially if you have close friends and family members, and you've got that supportive relationship, and you can just say to them, hey, I'm going to be dating or you know, I'm, I'm looking for new jobs or help me just be honest with me, you know, if you have feelings um, or concerns about the relationships, because people are often very hesitant to say something because 
unfortunately, even in today's day and age, people still think of domestic violence as and abusive relationships as sort of like a private matter that they don't want to get involved in. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero. .co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing and they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 0 grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie, their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low-quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H-E-R-O if you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. 
Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. It's so complicated and fraught with nuance because obviously there's clear cases of abuse, but there are instances where it's like, what do we tolerate? And this is, it's such a broader ongoing conversation, but to, to really be honest with ourselves, I think is so important. Having a committee, like you said, in, in understanding our attachment wounds, because I imagine I haven't been in an abusive relationship, but I've been in a relationship that was, that was unhealthy. And there was really unhealthy patterns that, that I recognized, I would say early, but then I noticed in myself and I stayed and, and there was love between us and it wasn't all bad, but it was this idea that, oh, well, maybe they'll change or, oh, you know, we'll work through that. And, and ultimately we can't predict the future, but there is a point where we need to have, you know, an objective view in going to counseling, seeing a therapist, having that committee is so valuable in addition to understanding ourselves and having the, the courage to institute boundaries and to go, you know what, I'm not going to allow my partner to to be verbally abusive to me. And we definitely want to have the tools to communicate, hey, when you talk to me that way, it's very hurtful. And and I, I want to let you know how I feel. And and if they respond, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And and they're genuine. And then the behavior changes, then great. And then then we can move forward. But if they gaslight you or as you mentioned, are not taking ownership, then that's a huge red flag that I think we could say you you either need to take a serious look. And again, if it's the first time, maybe it's not the time to leave, leave the relationship. If it's, let's say they say something mean, people will do that. But but really trying to pull back and, and understand these things for ourselves and just this broader idea of like, what we, I don't want to say deserve, but like, yeah, what everyone deserves to be in a loving, kind relationship. It doesn't mean that it's always going to be loving and kind. You know, I, when I'm angry, I'm not my best self and I can say things that I'm not proud of. But I like to think that if I then understand and have some distance from that, then I'm able to go, oh, you know what? And apologize. And I think that's the key. And, and you mentioned it earlier to understand that no relationship is perfect, but also to understand that if it's a pattern of imperfection, of constant, you know, gaslighting, manipulation, name calling, you name it, obviously physical abuse then then we really need to pull back and and i i know you know through through your work that it's it's so hard for people to leave too and because of our attachment wounds because of the fear of of the unknown because we might say well no one else can love us understanding all those things about ourselves is so powerful because i think it can give us the perspective to go okay you know what even though i got these chemicals that are 
telling me to stay because the dopamine rush of, of the sex, whatever it is, I'm not going to repeat that pattern because, because I do deserve to be in a loving relationship that's, that's got this foundation of kindness and respect and people will mess up, but it, it's just so important. The work that you're doing and that people really recognize where they're at and try to be objective and, and not stay in, in these toxic patterns. Well, thank you for sharing your own personal experiences, Chase. I think that is really important for people to hear it and that people appreciate knowing that even people who talk about these things, you know, have challenges too. Um, uh, One thing that came to my mind, I'm sure you've talked about this in other conversations, or I would imagine you've talked about this in other conversations you've had on this podcast um, as a way to gauge if you're in that situation where you're just trying to figure it out um, for somebody who might be in that situation. The um, research of Dr. John Gottman, he's one of the most widely cited marriage researchers. And I think a really helpful practical um, takeaway from his research is the five to one ratio. And that's there in healthy relationships in general, there's five positive interactions for and one, or I guess there's one negative for every five positive um, interactions. And so, you know, I, I think that's helpful because first of all, it says no relationship is going to be perfect and just, you know, all the time filled with joy and happiness and and no stress. And in fact, I think if people feel like we never fight, there's no issues at all, there's probably underlying issues that they're just not addressing. So that can be unhealthy too. But I think that five to one, of course, there's going to be different times, but if you find yourself, you know, really feeling bad, I don't know, just talk about you. I'm kind of sort of talking to the audience in general here. But if if somebody finds themselves feeling bad, like 75% of the time over the course of a month or three months or six months or whatever, it's hard to talk about this because obviously if you've been in a relationship for 20 years, you know, then you probably need a little bit longer of a time frame to evaluate it. But I think that five to one ratio and just thinking about sort of generally you would you would want to feel healthy and good like most of the time. And if you do start to see these signs or any really glaring um, issues, I'm so glad you brought up as well, though, the piece about um, attachment issues and insight about that. One of the challenges, I think, for a lot of people, whether it's before entering into a relationship or even in the relationship while they're um, navigating that is just the courage it takes to be alone and ending your relationship. You know, I think that it's really, really hard when you do have feelings for somebody. Maybe there are positive aspects of that relationship. Maybe you kind of know that it's not right for you, but um, but it's scary and it's uncomfortable to go into a season of, of being on your own when you're used to being in a relationship. Um, but I think whether people are in a relationship currently Or um, especially, I think, if you are out of a relationship or you're hoping to find a relationship, it is important to spend some time thinking about what is non-negotiable for you in that relationship. Or if not not non-negotiable, kind of thinking about the overall picture of the relationship that you want to have and the values that you want to share with your partner and keep that readily available in your mind. It could be a note in your phone. It could be uh, a journal, you know, that you keep and you write in and you just sort of have that and you can checkpoint on that. Because, you know, if we say, I want to be respected, I want a partner who has good communication and conflict 
you know, resolution skills. I want somebody who's on the same page as me with my spiritual values or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. Thinking objectively about those criteria outside of a particular person, I think helps us have some of that um, objectivity in general as well, too. So I think that that reflection is just so important, whether it's on your own or with other people, too. But I agree with you. I think I I always kind of think when we're talking about these healthy relationship skills, it just sounds so easy. It's like, it's not rocket science, you know, I don't think it sounds all that complicated, but the challenge is when we're applying it in real life, because you can't control another person, right? The only person you can really, you can try to influence other people, um, but you, and maybe in a workplace, if you're like the boss, you can, you know, have some degree of control, but even then, you know, people should have freedom to leave a job if they don't want to, but you know, we can, we can't control other people and what they do and how they act. And so in the real world, these relationships are really, really tricky. And so I do think that's why it's so important to, for people to listen to conversations like the ones that you have so that they're educating themselves about their, about relationships and thinking about what they want to ha- want in their relationships. And then also having those opportunities to reflect on that. Well, thank you, Christine, for that. And, and I, think that's a beautiful place to wrap up and yeah there's there's always things to work on and consider and and dive into but i think it 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 really starts with these conversations and and understanding yourself like you said and and that's a a huge one i want to emphasize is being okay being alone because a lot of times i feel like that's what allows us to settle for something that we know is is not good for us because that's kind of the fear of the unknown or or fear of being alone or I'll, I'll never find someone and it's like if if we're okay with ourselves in that relationship which is the most important one it makes us more resilient and stronger and and better able to institute our boundaries and to recognize something that's unhealthy and to leave it and feel good about it. So that's really our work and and it's ongoing. It's throughout our life and even in relationship, even in a healthy relationship, we we need to be okay with ourselves. That's what makes a healthy relationship, right? So thank you for the work that you do, Christine, for for coming on, sharing this information with myself and our listeners. Uh, Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online and if there's anything you want to leave them with or emphasize before we say goodbye? Sure. Well, thank you so much for this conversation as well. I've really enjoyed it and, and have learned a lot from your insights as well. Um, the best place to connect with um, and learn more about my work is christinemurray.info. And that's got links to the different um, programs and initiatives that I mentioned, like See the Triumph and the Healthy Relationships Initiative. And I'm also gearing up to launch a new online resource in February of 2024, which is called the Source for Survivors. And so the website for that will be sourceforsurvivors.info. And I'm really getting excited about that because I think that it'll be, I hope that it'll be a valuable tool um, for survivors and people who want to support survivors in the long-term healing journey. Um, And in terms of just a takeaway, I just think maybe to... Um, kind of go back to that happy, healthy, safe continuum, whether you go look at the website or not, I would just encourage everybody to kind of 
lock that away in their brain, uh, in the back of their mind somewhere for that, you know, for those moments when you're maybe evaluating a relationship and striving, of course, for those healthy and happy relationships and also just being open and alert and taking action um, if you do notice that your relationships are, are sliding into that unhealthy or even unsafe uh, category or, or specter, point on the spectrum, I guess I should say. Like I said, it's not a category, but um, that end of the continuum to, to be proactive about it. Because um, as you know, the quality of our relationships is so tied with the quality of our lives and our mental health. And so if we are experiencing unhealthy or unsafe relationships, it's really important to uh, do something about it for our own well-being. It is. And and again, thank you for, for the work that you're doing and for sharing this information so that people can understand that for themselves and live a better life. Because yeah, ultimately that's the quality of our life is the relationships, not just romantic with friends, family, and ourselves. So we will have the links that you shared in our show notes and on our website. And thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Sure. Thank you again. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge... We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.